Hello, hello, and welcome back to DFT's Dungeon. My name is Daniel Terry, and on this episode, I want to talk about a record that's really important to me. I almost forgot to do a Norma Jean episode this season, and I feel like if I'm going to eventually get through all of the Norma Jean albums, I'm going to have to talk about at least one Norma Jean album every season. So on this season, it is the album Wrongdoers, and I'm going to talk a lot about the actual album because it reminds me of something that I find very fascinating, and that is basically the decay of society, the decay of infrastructure, abandoned towns, abandoned cities, and I always sit there and I kind of wonder what the story is behind a lot of those types of areas. When I was a cable guy a few years ago, I used to drive around all kinds of like back roads and go a lot of different places. And so I stumbled on a lot of these places that had once had a history, but had been abandoned. So, and the album that was always a soundtrack for me during that time was Wrongdoers by Norma Jean. So on this episode, I'm gonna talk about Wrongdoers, talk about all the songs, which should make all those people happy that didn't like my Redeemer episode because I didn't talk about the songs enough. This episode is all just me talking about the songs. So I hope you guys really enjoy it, and let's get into it. Have you ever been slowly driving through an old town right before it gets dark outside? You know what I mean? Like you've got the windows cracked just a little bit, and you're just kind of vibing with what's going on around you. I've done it about 400 times now. Because I've never been the kind of guy who likes to take direct routes anywhere. For whatever reason, I like to take side roads pretty much wherever I'm going. It annoys the hell out of my wife, but I like to take a side road. Forget the highway. Let's take the dirt road instead. Let's see if anybody still lives out here. You know, it's like, hey, I've never been to, to this place before. I've lived here my whole life, but I've never gone down that road. And it's always been a weird fascination of mine because I don't actually like being outside. So it's not like the nature of it that I enjoy. It's just the mystery of it, I guess. I just, I don't enjoy stuff like camping or float trips or picnic lunches or anything like that. There's just something about driving through a nearly abandoned American town and breathing in the, I don't know how to describe it, the decay of it, I guess. There's that potential history that's hiding in the bones of these abandoned stores, broken windows, rotting cars, and tractors that are rusting in overgrown lawns. And my mind always tends to wander a little bit as I try to imagine what this place might have looked like when it was still relevant. You know, before the Earth decided that it was going to take it back. I mean, even my house is that way sometimes. A coworker was complaining the other day about how she just bought this house... And only now is she starting to realize how much is actually wrong with it. And I made a comment that your house has been falling apart since the moment that it was built. It's almost like the earth is always going out of its way to try to undo the work that we did. But for some reason, I always feel a weird kind of peace with it. Like deep in my guts, it just feels right and correct to see the actual planet that we live on make itself known. And that's the feeling I get whenever I reflect back on 2013's Wrongdoers by the band Norma Jean. 
And back in 2018, I remember I was driving with my discography discussion co-hosts, Joe and Jeff, down to the Nashville, Tennessee Rock and Pod Expo. And in typical me fashion, we kind of took a weird way to get down there. The way we took ended up routing us right through the center of a town called Cairo, Illinois, which is a city that went through almost a 90% reduction in population over the last 70 years. And I read up on the history later on, but it has this really turbulent history of race riots, lost trade routes, and eventual isolation from the rest of the world. Like they routed the main highway to bypass the town. And even though Cairo isn't completely abandoned, there's enough people out and about for it to feel a little bit off. And despite driving through it in the middle of the day, it was still eerily quiet within the town. And I kind of loved the vibe that it gave off, but unfortunately I really didn't have time to stop and look around. But what I did do was pop on wrongdoers for a little bit, because I always feel like I do that whenever I see a part of the nation's infrastructure starting to decay like that. And the biggest question on your mind has to be, why? What is it about wrongdoers that makes me feel that way? And I'll be honest, I think that the first song, Hive Minds, really sets that mood early. And it's a pretty bold opening song for a Norma Jean album where they're usually content to just smash your skull in to break the ice. And Hive Minds is a slow burn type of album opener that starts off pretty low key as more and more noisy elements start being introduced. And you can hear the song start to ramp up from this like demo quality to album quality within the first like 90 seconds. And there's this really strong bass line that carries us through the first verse as Corey takes command of the song. And he proceeds to vomit out his extensive bag of different vocal styles all at once. And honestly, this is exactly what I love about Norma Jean. That uneasy feeling of this like rock-solid skeleton that is the song structure that cages in a whole bunch of unpredictability. And the song builds like that and builds like that until it's a full-on raging Norma Jean song by the end. But it's the ambience of the song itself coupled with the lyrics that gives me that decayed skeleton of society vibe. In the lyrics, he says, A vine in the crack of life's works, shifting and flowing up to find purpose under the sun. A moment of reprieve for the art born from the dirt that'll tear it all down. You can't fault the natural order of things. Someday these bones will be dust beneath a sprawling city of human achievement, flowing up for a place under the sun. Do you see it? And while I think the song is an allegory for the dangers and the ultimate futility of human pride, it functions really well as a reminder that all the things that we strive for and the feats that we achieve will ultimately end the same way. And that's with the world moving on without us. And speaking of ragers, the next song, If You Got It At Five, You Got It At Fifty, 
requires zero buildup and delivers that skull smashing that I was talking about earlier. If there's a single song that gives zero fucks about traditional rock and roll songwriting, it's this song. And hilariously, this is the first song most people heard off of Wrongdoers. And if you're a fan of Norma Jean, you know what to expect here. Loud and fast walls of guitar noise. Waves of dissonance. Unhinged screaming. And if you're seeing it live, you might want to expect a punch to some part of your body. There are still Norma Jean fans out there who actively wish that the band only did songs like this. And while I appreciate that we always get at least one or two songs in this vein every album, at this stage in my fandom, I, I kind of like hearing the band play around with a lot of different moods. But as always, lyrics are king when it comes to Norma Jean. And the lyrics to this song are surprisingly straightforward for Corey as it literally calls out rock and roll for not coming from a legitimate place anymore. He says rock and roll has such a terrible name, and who is to blame? Perching birds drug out by a string in the air, stitched together with such careless intention. Cleaner than the dagger that hollowed it out, masked and forgotten or no face at all. It's got something or nothing to say. Yeah, don't we all? And he calls out the true motivation of modern rock music, which is, you know, money if you haven't been paying attention you've got something to say but what's the pay a million before you and more in line i've seen it a thousand times and ultimately at the end of the song he concludes that the ones to blame are you guessed it you and me and it's a nice blast of truth that also plays into the album's theme of warning against pride and the title song wrongdoers is up next and it is an all-time norma jean song for me and it starts off really heavy, just like the last song, except everything kind of settles down for a second and Corey comes in for a really smooth chorus. And honestly, hearing his voice this clean and low key is actually kind of chilling and it grabs me right away, even though I've been listening to it for 10 years now. Because honestly, at this stage in their career, Norma Jean has one of the best chorus games in the business. And honestly, I can't figure out why they never just sold out and just did that on literally every song oh wait you know what wait a minute there there was a song about there, there was just a just a song about that and it's another song about futility ultimately But it's from a slightly different angle. It explores the frustrating nature of humanity and our tendency to repeat the same horrible decisions over and over and then turn around immediately and start screaming victim when the consequences come. And we know the consequences are going to come. Like, this is a pretty light example, I know. But for instance, I've been trying to lose weight for a long time now. And yet, I still sometimes will completely disregard this mission that I'm on when this dude shows up with a bag of deep fried empanadas and why because it gives me temporary pleasure and the next morning i feel guilty about it because i know that i've set my progress back by at the very least one entire day 
So then I get really self-righteous about it, and I tell myself that I'm going to go on the straight and narrow going forward, man. And then a week later, it happens again. And and then and then the following week. And if I'm not paying attention, that can turn into just living in a perpetual state of bad habits. And the lyrics of the song say, I'll live or die and then forget the trip. Forget the war. Forget the struggle. Failure on repeat. Drive for miles just to turn around and play it back again. Failure on repeat. And later on in the song, he says, I know it's hell to hope the feeling of knowing destruction isn't forever. Take it or leave it. We make love to the same mistakes and we never get tired. Embrace the lover. Make yourself comfortable. And my favorite lyric, though, is I guess we will just consume danger. So keep your hands out of your pockets. No, I'll never listen and I will never learn. And it's just one of those frustrating realities that we kind of just have to live with and then hope that we did our best to get through life without getting hurt too much. Because some of us, including me, seem to have kind of a death wish. And I would have fought against this type of thinking when I was younger because I thought that I had life figured out at some point in the past. But now that I have children, I'm faced with the uncomfortable reality that they have as much of a death wish as I do. And I can't control what they do after a certain point. But what can you really expect? Because their dad is also a wrongdoer. Damn, am I only three songs in? The Potter Has No Hands rolls in like a freight train. And at this point, I'm starting to think that Norma Jean didn't limit their heavy songs on this album to just one or two tracks like normal. No, no, it, it has to be two tracks, right? Because, you know, for the, for the train. I wonder how many more references to trains I can make in this song. Wait, wait, no, no. Seriously, he says it in the song. He's going to ride this train to the end. In all seriousness, though, it's another song about futility, about trying to find meaning in something that you yourself do not fully understand. And yet so many people have come up throughout history preaching that they have the answers. And they try to push their version of how they think the world works onto everybody else. And you know what? Those people die too. The best that they can usually hope for is that their words are remembered after they're gone. And sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. But when those people are alive, I've noticed that they can be very, very militant when it comes to trying to enforce their state of mind. But ultimately, none of it matters. Because maybe there wasn't actually any meaning where they were looking after all. Sometimes a painting is just a pretty picture, right? And the best lyrics on the song for me are, and you waste your life trying to make memories. Wear it with pride because it's all that you've got. You just don't get it. Yeah, you just don't get it. So make it loud, make it loud, make it loud as hell. And up next is Sword in Mouth, Fire Eyes. And I'll be completely honest with you guys, this song took a long time for me to make heads or tails of. And a big thank you goes out to Brian and Josiah from the Discord server for taking time out of their day to actually talk over these lyrics with me and give me a little bit of insight. And this is probably the smoothest song on the album and is a great example of the dynamic shifts that Norma Jean is able to pull off at this particular stage of their career. And the song is a nice respite from the beatdown that we've received so far. And it might be the last calm moment of reflection on this record before the last song. And lyrically, the song seems to be about being a follower instead of an innovator. 
about somebody maintaining a narrow-minded worldview and being afraid to break away from it, almost presenting this idea that it's easier to stay miserable than it is to change, which I've definitely experienced a lot in my life. And in an interview with Metal Injection about the song, Corey said that Sword in Mouth was inspired by a small C.S. Lewis quote to the effect of, if you're on the wrong path, the first one to turn around and head towards the right one is the most progressive. I liked the idea that even though we remain on a path of struggle sometimes, at least we're fearless enough to go against the grain and continue to the right one. Which sums the song up just a little bit better than, than I did. But I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the video for this song. It's one of the most creative story-focused music videos that I've ever seen. It starts off with a surfer who's being followed around by a shark in the water. And to my surprise, the first time I watched it, when the surfer gets out of the water, the shark actually follows him out of the water and follows him to work. And then once at work, a shark devours one of his coworkers in the parking lot and steals his clothes. And then hijinks ensue, and the shark proceeds to do the surfer's day job better than him. And he fixes the copy machine, he bullshits around the water cooler, and when the boss man comes in choking, the shark delivers an impressive Heimlich maneuver and saves the boss's life. And the surfer walks in on the boss, and the shark sort of buddying up in the boss's office. And as predicted, by the end of the day, the surfer has lost his job and is walking home with his personal items in a box. But of course, when he gets home, the shark is waiting for him. And with a total look of defeat on his face, the surfer gives up and lets the shark devour him. And despite the sheer absurdity of the whole situation, it is still strangely relatable. And it really ties into a lot of my deepest insecurities, especially when we're talking about workplace-related things and Norma Jean albums. But there is just that weird feeling that something is always out there ready to take you out, ready to take you down, or even like sometimes it's the mistakes that you've made in the past that are ruining the opportunities that you have later on. It's really, really unsettling, but it's very well done. After Our Animals is up next, and it's kind of an interlude track that I really wasn't expecting to hear on an album that's this dark and gritty. This album just has a lot of grit and stank on it, so I wasn't really expecting there to be like an interlude track included as well. And I honestly don't have much to say about it, other than the fact that you had better ignore that soothing voice telling you to relax, because if you do, you're going to be jolted awake by the absolutely visceral, the lash whistled like a singing wind. And this song is one minutes and seven seconds of just straight up barn burning, lyrically expressing anger about a friendship that clearly has two different sides that are not on the same page. And Corey ends the slaughter with his powerful scream, No! You make your own damn mistakes! Which I think speaks for itself. And what follows after this is what I would describe as one of the greatest side Bs of an album that I've ever heard. The sheer variety and quality that are in the last four songs are just mind-blowingly great. Neck and the Hemp is a big, heavy thrasher with some of Corey's most adversarial-sounding lyrics on it, saying, oh yeah, one more thing, 
and you should write this down. My patience is thick, but the fuse has been cut, and the vital flame has been replaced. And later he says, You are the heir of a neck in the hemp. I am the son of a gun who has the rope. That's not a wall I'd want to hide behind. It's not getting any younger, and it's about to fall. I'll be on the other side pushing as hard as I can. And my own personal interpretation of this is that this is just an adversarial relationship, which I kind of touched on in my Acacia Strain episode earlier this season. No matter how good your intentions are and no matter how high your self-worth, there's always somebody whose goal is to bring you down. And beyond just other people, sometimes it's the planet itself that does everything in its power to break you down so that it can add you to its pile of decay. Triffids comes in next with the same intensity and visceral tone as Neck of the Hemp, but at the one minute mark, launches into this absolutely breathtaking chorus. And the song gives off some light cult vibes, which you guys know I'm all about, as well as some big Doomsday Preppers vibes. It describes an impending apocalypse that was, quote, brought to you before a live studio audience, and it was created by adolescents, which there is nothing that scares older folks and paranoid people more than the idea of young people running amok doing young people things. And those young people's obsession with entertainment, of course, is what is going to bring about the end of the world, right? And this puts the older generation into a state of fear as they prepare for the end of the world and never seem to realize that maybe their fear is what is ultimately controlling them. The lyrics say, no one says that fear is a liar, but I've been told no one gets out alive. So trust us with your life. The conclusion of the world is coming as soon as we have enough provision. Plus, management is God, and they're behind it all. Silence shows nothing but weakness. And my favorite lyric of the song sums it all up as he sings, By now you've chosen the end. To live in fear is to not live at all. Worry is no form of treatment. You lost the sun to the walls of your bunker. And that last line is really important to a song that we're going to get into a little bit later. But I really like this song, and I think... Some days it's my favorite song on Wrongdoers, and sometimes sometimes it's just the song Wrongdoers. I don't know. These songs, they, they really all go together really, really well. It's a, it's a box set. You just listen to all of it, right? Funeral Singer is up next, and it holds up the intensity, but adds huge doses of emotional melody to the music, but still amazingly keeps the fast pace and energy for the first three minutes of the song before it eventually breaks into a slower and more contemplative pace. And Corey still screams his way through the whole song, which actually contrasts really well to the melodic music. And this is one of the most beautiful songs Norma Jean has ever written, and I'd rather not spoil it by trying to give my own probably wrong interpretation of what the song is about. 
But I will say that if you read the lyrics, they read like a very beautiful and honest letter. Speaking of beautiful, Sun Dies Blood Moon ends the album in this melancholy but truly epic fashion. This is what this whole album has been leading up to. It's eight minutes of depressing reflection followed by about six minutes of sludgy guitar noise. And this song sums up the futility of the modern life that we live. The lyrics focus on a person trapped in their home, just living out their last days in isolation. The lyrics say, moving hours with vacant hands, just for a chance to sleep again. Drag my feet across the earth. Yeah, I guess that nothing's restored. Make my way through my designer home to the heart of my captivity, where I am both prisoner and warden. All I need is the air inside my lungs, or a cigarette. Life is blank without the flame. He describes walking alone through dead cities at the end of time, when the world has finally decided to die after moving on without humanity. But there's also this weird sense of serenity that comes with the silence and the peace. And gone is the noise and bustle of mankind, but the remnant of it exists only in this one man who feels trapped, isolated, and filled with regret, doomed to watch the entire world die with him. And his continued existence is owed only to his refusal to accept that it's over. And that the time he had is just the time that he had. But he can't move on. He's trapped, isolated, and stuck in the past with nothing but regrets. It's really chilling stuff, but you'd better believe that when I'm driving through old abandoned towns, this is the song that I'm listening to. It's the one piece of music that perfectly captures how it feels to look far into the distance and see no one to call out and have no response. It's hard not to question what life has meant up to this point and wonder what you were striving for in the first place. Or is there something that maybe you were supposed to do earlier that you that you missed? Wrongdoer stands out to me as one of Norma Jean's most noisy records. And I've always felt this strong kinship to it. And it's because of that feeling of futility that's constantly reiterated to me throughout the album. And even though the band doesn't really present any type of solution to that futility, it's still really important to me because it makes me ask questions about what my goals and motivations are in comparison to the world at large. 
a world that will really have no problem feeding me to the dirt and moving on without me. And because of that, the entire experience is incredibly profound and humbling. The sun is Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of DFT's Dungeon. Like I said in the intro, my name is Daniel Terry. And guys, we have one more episode left in Season 2 of DFT's Dungeon. And then I'm going to take a little bit of a summer break and be back in late July or early August, depending on how everything pans out. And guys, I just want to thank you so much for checking out this podcast and for giving it a chance. And... If you guys like the podcast, make sure you're subscribed to it on your favorite podcasting app. Leave it a review on the app if that's something that you feel led to do. And uh, speaking of things that you may feel led to do, I do have a Patreon. If you guys want to check that out, there'll be a link in the show notes. And if you guys want to get a hold of me or ask me any questions, you can always send me an email at dftdungeon at gmail.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. There's going to be links to all that in the show notes of this episode. I have a really cool episode for you guys next week, so I hope you guys really, really enjoy it. And I hope to hear from you guys soon. But if I don't, that's okay too, because I will see you again next week. <laughs> <laughs>